Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's Ilana and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day, every little thing's gonna be A-OK. Little known fact about my guest today, in his early career, he took up the family business, nursing, but his life's purpose was to be an artist. Welcome, actor Adrian Holmes to the podcast. Welcome, Adrian. A-OK. A-OK. Hey, everyone. My guest today is Adrian Holmes. Adrian is an actor and a producer, and most recently an NAACP Award nominee. He has done over 100 film and television shows. Currently, you can see him as Uncle Phil in the second season of Peacock's Bel Air, a dramatic reimagination of the beloved series The French Prince of Bel Air. Other notable TV and film credits include Star Trek Strange New Worlds, V Wars 19-2, Sacred Lies, The Boy, Arrow on film, Skyscraper alongside The Rock, Chained, Vendetta, Frankie and Alice, Wrecked and Red Riding Hood. He produced the docudrama Barrow Freedom Fighter. There's so many more things that people can Google or go to IMDb. Um, But I don't want to spend time reading the 100 credits. I want to welcome Adrian to the podcast. Hello, my friend. Hello. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I, um, you know, I was I was someone who very much was around uh, when the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was on the first time. I'm sure you have met mm. younger people who kind of have heard of it, but it's not part of the fabric of their lives the way it was for, for, for some us. of us. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, some of the was, cast on our show, they weren't born when the original show was on, you know, so they... They were they they came about you know to see it in the reruns so it's it's kind of a trip when when you when you hear that you're like what but yeah like it, I didn't it, think it, I was old what <laughs> I know. yeah it, it was a long time ago it yeah. was yeah it's hard yeah. to wrap your brain around it but it's I know true. you know in sort of doing a little research about the the Peacock series that you're on I was so blown away I watched the trailer that Morgan Cooper made from yeah. which all of this kind of uh, sprung out of his imagination. Tell me, like, just tell me about that, what you know about that and sort of the journey of the show. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he had a vision. He, he said he was he was driving, he was in Kansas City, and he was just going through this tunnel. Uh, it was a very uh, a famous t- tunnel in Kansas City. And when he came out the other the other end, the other side, he said it just hit him. It just came to him in a vision. And, and it came so strong and so so strongly that he knew that he had to act on this. He had to do something right away. And, you know, when, when, when God gives you an assignment, you know, when he speaks to you, 
he speaks to you. And, and that was, that was definitely uh, from God and uh, he got to work and he put together the trailer and uh, such an incredible job, you know, money from his own pocket. And, you know, he got all his people together and, and, and created the magic, you know, and, um, you know, it, it just, uh, I remember when I saw it, it, it just, it was just, yeah, this is, this is very smart. What a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Because the, the original show, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, it um, planted a lot of seeds for very important conversations. You know, if you ever watch the, watch the episodes, you'll see a lot of them, you know, dealt with a lot of important subject matter and topics and stuff, but they explored it through laughter and through the comedy, right? But underneath it, the root of it, there was a message. There was something to be learned and to be taken from. And I think that's why it was such a huge, huge hit. Um, it was, uh, you know, as we say, lightning in a bottle at that time, what they created. So what we're trying to do is recreate that for this generation, for today, and because it's a dramatic reimagining, um, we don't have to, we don't explore it through the comedy. We explore it for what it is. We hit it head on. And, and, we're, and we're able to peel back more of the layers um, and really get to the heart of, of, of these issues and, and of the characters themselves and really get to understand what makes them tick. You know, who are they? You know, where are they from? What are they about? You know, and, 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 and they're so relatable to, you know, people you know in the world today and what what they're going through that we you can there's people out there like like philip banks and like viv and and jeffrey and and and, and the kids as well you know so i pride myself on the show and just how smart it has been in um um being a blueprint for so many you know um it's not just uh uh, product for entertainment purposes, but it's a, it's like a teaching tool too. It's like therapy. I find it like a very, it's like therapy for the community, for the culture, um, medicine, you know, uh, it's edutaining uh, or ed edutainment as, you know, some people would say, you know, it's, that's a phrase that I like to use. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, other than them having the same names as the characters from the sitcom, and obviously yeah. the, the blueprint was set in terms of a kid from Philly gets in trouble and an uncle, you know, in Bel Air and that family kind of adopt him um, at his mom's request, right? That's sort of the right. same premise. And now, you yeah. know, it feels like the Spike Lee version rather than, you know, the, the, the <laughs> yeah, half yeah. hour sitcom version. Um, yeah. Well, you're also brilliant in it. And you know what, what listeners on my podcast won't really be able to tell from your accent is you, my friend, did not grow up in Los Angeles yourself. <laughs> no, um, I did not. No. However, you sound like you really could have. So right, talk a little right. bit about, you know, in reading about you, you have the most fascinating personal history. So I would yeah. love to share um, how a small town boy from North Wales ended up yeah. via Barbados. Like you have quite like a lot of geography in your life that happened before you got to LA. So tell us about like growing up your childhood and how sure. we come to meet you today here. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I like to say I'm a citizen of the world because I, uh, I I'm not just from one place. Um, uh, my my family, the roots are from Barbados in the Caribbean. Um, my my mother uh, moved to the UK to England uh, to do her nursing, and so she had me there in in Wrexham, North Wales, where I was born. I lived in Liverpool and Chester, 
where I have family still today. Um, and uh, then her, her twin brother uh, moved to Vancouver, Canada uh, and, and got a job. He's, all, he's also a nurse. So he, he basically, you know, pulled her over and said, come on over, the water's fine. And uh, <laughs> so she, she went for a swim uh, in Vancouver, beautiful Vancouver, BC. And, and that's where I, I, I grew up. So I was an only child. My mom was a single mom. Okay. Um, for me growing up, till I was about nine years old, uh, when she met my stepfather, who had uh, two older kids, and then the, they had two kids together. So I have two uh, uh, half brothers uh, who are both younger, of course, and uh, they're 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 my heart. They're they're so we're we're very close. Wow. Very close. And and actually today is uh, my youngest brother's son, my nephew Micah's uh, first birthday. Happy birthday, Micah. It's February birthday, 22nd. Micah. Yes. He was Whenever born this is out. Yeah, he was born 2-22-22. So how special is that? Huh? What a date. Wow. Yeah. I am not a yeah. numerologist, but I know that that's good. I it's know special. in my bones that that is oh. good. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah. So I grew up, I moved when I was about four and a half to Vancouver and grew up uh, in Vancouver and, or, and its surrounding areas. Uh, and cities and lived on the Nanaimo, in Nanaimo on Vancouver Island where my, my mother currently lives and, and I had a, an amazing childhood and um, even though my mom was a single mom I never I never missed out on anything I never felt mm. lack in any way shape or form um, she's my uh, she's my 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 best friend and, and uh, we're very very close I'm very blessed to and I'm so grateful that she's here she's still with me to share in my success you know because unfortunately not everybody you know gets that and uh it's not something i take for granted you know i'm i'm, I'm i thank god every day that she's uh, she's still here with me to, to to share in this in this incredible journey that i've gotten to be a part of so how did um from a nursing family how did you end up becoming a lover of the arts and then a, a performer yourself yeah well you know uh when you're when you're in the middle of five kids you know you you kind of you kind of fighting for attention a little bit, you know, and uh, I was a shy kid. A lot of people might not know that, but I was, I wasn't looking for the, for the spotlight, you know, but um, once I was in the spotlight, it's kind of like karaoke, you know, like you're hesitant to go up and sing. But once they put the mic in your hand, it's hard for you to give it back. It's hard for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, it's like, yes. It's like, you're, you're, cause you're finally, you finally found your footing and you're, you feel comfortable and you're like, wait a minute, I can sing this song. I, yeah. You know, you guys, you got, you like me. So yeah. like for me, it was like when I stepped out on stage for the first time to do theater, I had that kind of an experience. How and, old were uh, you? I was 11. Okay. I mean, I mean, I did, I did like plays when I was, you know, younger than that, like nine and eight, nine, but you know, Christmas plays and Santa's elves and nothing substantial, but you right. know, you know, I was the tree. Or the rock, or whatever you know, it was whatever, nothing great. But in, in when I was eleven, we did the Wizard of Oz at my elementary school, and I and I uh, won the role of the the lion. And uh, two of my best friends, I played the the scarecrow and 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 the the Tin Man. And I remember our director, you know, asking us, "Okay, we got to sing, you know, we've got our solos." And my my friends were too shy to sing, and I was shy because I, I I love Michael Jackson and I love music, I love singing, and you know Michael Jackson's my hero. I mean, you ask anybody, my whole room was wallpapered in Michael Jackson. Right. Um. So um, I said to them, I said, yeah, I'll sing. You know, even though I was literally like 
so scared and thinking, what am I doing? Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I just, I had a strong sense of, you know, you're going to be okay. You got this. And, and I always say, if, if the Lord takes you to it, he'll get you through it. And so, you know, I felt his presence very strongly. And so I did it and I sang my solo and we, we were on at the Surrey Art Center for like uh, a week or so. And I remember after one of the shows, this little girl came up to me and she asked me for my autograph. I kid you not. I was 11 years old, walking to the car after the show with my mom. And she said, oh, mom, she's like to her mom, mom, there's the lion, you know, can I get his autograph? And she came over and I signed my little chicken scratch or whatever it was at that, at that time. And I gave it to her and I made her day. She was so happy and just seeing the the joy that I brought to her in that moment it just made me go oh that's kind of cool and mm -hmm. and, I, and I said to my mom initially I was like why does she want my autograph I'm not Eddie Murphy I'm not a star she's like but you were the lion and you were very good and and, and you know you, you, you yeah you, you made her you made her her day you were you know you did a great job and that's how that's all you need to, you don't have to be right. a superstar you brought so her that, joy. I, I brought her joy, exactly. Yeah. And so, so that was a moment for me, I think, that kind of, you know, kind of flicked the switch, you know, mm. and it made, made me go, hmm, this is interesting. And so I just continued to, you know, do more plays throughout high school and, and then in college, I did theater and uh, I just fell in love with it. Um, it fell in love with me. I fell in love with it. We had a great relationship and um, my mom she wanted me to go to school to do nursing because she said, you know, you need to fall back just in case, you know, she was supportive, but you know, like all parents, right. they, they really realistic. want you to have that realistic. Yeah. Exactly. And I remember seeing Eddie Murphy on an episode of the Arsenio Hall show way back in the day. And he said, I don't believe in plan B because it just takes away from plan A. I don't plan on falling back. I'm going to fall forward. Yeah. So, so that was my, my whole mentality. But then I thought, you know what, why not? What's it going to hurt? You know, let me just do it these years, you know, Acting is a profession that I could do at any time. If right. I take three, four years to go to school and do get a get a degree or diploma, or whatever, it's not going to hurt. So I did that to appease mom and and and. Wait, and, uh, so you went to nursing school? I went to nursing school. Yeah, I did. I went. I worked at uh, Vancouver General Hospital uh, in in Spine, and I worked at St. Paul's in Orthopedics, uh, uh, and um, and I also worked at the GF Strong Rehab Center. So I I worked a lot with mental 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 injuries uh spinal injuries and and um uh it was uh, it was a game changer it really opened my eyes and made me have a a, a larger attitude of gratitude for mm. for everything you know just waking up in the morning and being able to take care of yourself to be independent mm -hmm. a lot of us do that because we're on autopilot we do that every day we've been doing it since we were born but we don't understand how precious it is and that it's it's actually a privilege to be able to brush your own teeth and dress yourself and make your own breakfast and 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 drive your car and not be having to rely on someone else to do that. So it just made me go, oh my God. And then, um, you know, there's a, a quote where focus goes, energy flows. And I decided, you know, well, what is my calling? And my calling always fell deep down was to tell stories and to be an actor. And, and I felt it was something that was, I was pretty good at. I felt that was okay at it. So I was right. like, let me, let me go after it. And if I go after it and it doesn't work, at least I can say I tried as opposed to not doing it at all. Because a lot of people that don't go after their goals and that they have regret later on in life. They're like, oh, I wonder what would have happened if I did that, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda, you know. So I did it and um, it started to take off. And I had- So I when working, you say I, was, I did it, like, what did that look like? Like you're, by day you're like doing 
physical yeah. therapy with someone or, or whatever so, the need is. And yeah, then so, what, like take a so class? I was, I, yeah, I was working on call at the hospital, you know, and so they would call me in to do shifts and then I'd have auditions that would pop up from my agent. And so then I go to, uh, you know, these auditions and- uh, So I, you had an I, agent? Yes, I did. I had an agent from, uh, oh, I was about eighth grade. I was about 13. I think I got my first agent. And then, um, yeah, I, I started taking on-camera workshops and um, did some commercials and um, did a lot of background work. I started out doing extra work. When and, you were, uh, when you were like a kid or I, like when college I was, age? When I, yeah, no, when I was a kid, when I was like 13, 14, wow. um, I was on sets in Vancouver. Vancouver was a very large hub for film and television and so I was very lucky I was very fortunate that uh it was right in my backyard you know and shows like 21 Jump Street and and uh um you know Wise Guy and uh you know there was just so many so many shows back then that I got to uh so you're watching work. it and I'm watching from like a particular chair like when you're an extra it's a really interesting I bet you are so kind to background and generous oh yeah, on, oh, I yeah. Mean, right well, I always say I always say I was like imagine a show watching a movie with no background what kind of world is that you need the background right you need people to, to fill the space to create that world to make it real don't you and, feel uh, like because you you've know. done it, don't you watch things and don't you find yourself literally sometimes not looking at the the the, <laughs> the, the, the main cast, actors, the principal cast, and, and, and just and watching you're the, the background? Yeah, I do that, and it's that is my I'm favorite like, thing. And the background when they're talking to each other, they're supposed to be talking or they're supposed to be doing that, and you can tell they're just like, oh, well. they, or, or or you'll see the same background person go by in four one times. seat and four times in, in the same seat. You're like, wait a minute. He just came by. He was going that way. He went up the stairs. I now know. he's coming out this door. But hey, you know what? If we're doing that a lot, then the main story and the cast. The main event is problematic. The main event is, right. is problematic. That's right. a sign. So, so, but what yeah. you're describing is an AD who's not exactly on top of their <laughs> shit. But, but still, yeah. not the yeah. extra's fault. It's not the extra's fault at all. They just show they're up doing and what do what they're, they're told. told. They're doing what they're told. Did you but I had like being an yeah. extra or did you, a lot of extras, I feel like it's a total community, right? Like, yeah. like they, they're sort of on the same, they kind of do a lot of the same projects together. Were you yeah. sitting there going, man, coach, let me in there. Or were you okay? 100%. Just what? Yeah. hundred percent. I was like, coach, put me in. I got this because the thing for me too, is I was watching these actors, uh, you know, mess up their lines and, you know, doing stuff that, you know, fumble the ball so to speak and you don't see that you know when you're watching a show they cut all that right. fat out and they they show you the perfect scene the perfect take right but you don't realize how many takes it took to get to that perfect right. take right? right and they don't just come out the gate like that you know and so it was great for me to see that because it made it made me understand that oh they're human beings they're just right. like me they're not these like entities that I can't attain I can't reach right you know that's and a so great lesson it, for a young yeah, person yeah yeah it is so so I learned a lot it was a great uh great uh uh lesson that I learned in, in watching and, and and you know I got to expand as an actor and just as a you know just just to understand just 
being on set, seeing the cameras, seeing the, the marks on the floor where people have to walk to, all the technicalities. You right. Know, these these help you as an actor. So being being doing background for a while, and then going from background to uh, a guest star. I got my first guest star on a show when I was sixteen, around sixteen, um, and uh, it was it was a show called Neon Rider, and it was a uh, but a guy who had a rant for troubled kids, troubled teens. And I played a, a, a crackhead named Twist. It was called Twist in the Wind. And the lead actor on the show, his name was, his name was Winston Record. And uh, he passed away, rest in peace. But uh, he was kind of like a Michael Landon. He kind of had that little house in the mm-hmm. prairie kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember he told me um, when I first started working, he said, if you treat every job like your first and your last, you'll never stop working. Always be humble. He was such a, a an amazing human, just a great energy, very talented. Um, but he gave me some words of wisdom, and uh, I, I I hold that with me. I've held that with me um, all this time, and I treat every job like it's my first and my last. Just just mentally, because that way you you stay in it, and you and you have an attitude of gratitude, and you don't get complacent, and you don't get right. jaded, and you don't get all. Because a lot of times people have been in the business for a long time, and they can get they just they find things to complain about when there really is there really isn't anything to complain about. If that makes sense, you know. Totally. And um, totally. And, yeah. Yeah. So to so circle just, back from so so we got to the background and your childhood background work, extra work, because you're like, I'm going to give this a shot, and you leave nursing, and you told me you had an agent, and now I get like how that happened. So yeah. what was like? the the lucky break as now an adult leaving nursing that changed yeah. things wow well you know uh i was fortunate in vancouver to you know basically that was like tarzan swinging from from vine to vine you know and and uh you know i, I did i did all types of shows you know sci-fi drama uh, action you know so um i i uh I, the, the the game changer for me it was it was the fact that I was constantly I was in demand mm-hmm. and and I was getting work on a regular basis and I was I was you know um, making um, a living I was making a living doing what I love and so that's when I had to go oh well I'm not actually available for these shifts anymore um, do I did I enjoy it absolutely did I learn a lot from it one hundred percent but is it my calling? Is it what I feel was my purpose? Right. No, I think that it, it was my purpose for a time. I had to go through that. That was, it wasn't a coincidence. Everything happens for a reason. And that was part of my journey. I wouldn't have changed anything. Um, but I had, it was just for a time. Right. And I, I, and I, and I, I, I uh, um, filled that, you know, that, that quota. And, and, and then uh, I was able to now with a clear mind, an open heart, uh, I can go and, and, and really go after what I wanted to do. And and once I had that energy and once I had that intention, I set the intention uh, and went after it. That's when, you know, I, I was like, I couldn't be stopped in my mind. I was like, no, this, the, the train's left the station now. We're going. <laughs> it was like a bullet train. Uh, and then, you know, and then uh, here we are today, you know, playing this iconic role. Um, and uh, I was I was in Vancouver working on a Christmas movie at the time. And uh, I had gotten the call for for this show, and and of course, like anybody, you know, you you you're kind of you're like, what? You're you you serious? Like, because you identify so much with the original cast. Sure. 
and James Avery, you know, rest in peace, you know, he was a force, you know, physically as well, you know, he's a very imposing character. And, uh, you know, we So are, are you world... having a Zoom audition at the time? Did you get to meet people? Yeah. How did it go? Yeah, it was all Zoom. Yeah. We did the whole thing via Zoom. Um, I was on, on a call with Morgan, uh, TJ and Rashid, our original showrunners, and uh, and uh, yeah, it it was it was like I just said, you know, what? I'm just gonna have fun. I'm just gonna have fun. I read the script and I really connected with the material. I loved it. I loved the writing. I loved the concept. I saw the trailer that Morgan did, and I thought, this is this is brilliant. You know, um, he's gifted. What a gifted, gifted, gifted person. Yeah, he he really is, and he's he's just a he's. I can, I'm so happy to say, you know, call him a brother. He's, he's yeah. like a brother to me now too. So I, I just, uh, I just said, let me just have fun and hopefully, you know, and, and I thought about today, who, who's our modern day Philip Banks, to, so to speak. And I, 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 the first person that came to mind was Barack Obama. You know, Perfect. He's a, pol he's a politician. He's a family man. He's a husband. He's a father. A you know, gentleman. And, and he's a gentleman. He's, yeah. he's, he's got class. He's, he will carry himself with dignity, poise, and he's a great speaker. And so, you know, I, I could listen to him, you know, read anything, you know, yeah. he's just such a So you such tapped a great into person. that sort of so, yeah, vibe. I kind yeah. Of, yeah, I tapped into that because I was, you know, I didn't want to get lost in what James Avery did in the original. And Morgan made that very clear to all of us. He said, I don't want you all to feel that you have to re recreate what, the original sitcom you know the actors did in the original show that's exactly the opposite of what i want you to do this is a new reimagining a dramatic reimagining of that show for this time meaning we have to have a new footprint and uh you're you're, you're creating your own shoes here we don't want you to have to fill their shoes don't think about that because that puts a lot of pressure on on someone as well and uh and you can't fill his shoes what he did was special to him, you know, in that time. And I, I would be crazy to think I could do what he did. I have to do what I can do and just trust God to give me the, 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 the energy, the essence, the, all the tools that I need to make this character and to tell the story in the best way that I can. And just to be as, as authentic and true to the moment and to the character as I can be. And, and just whatever happens, happens and just have faith that it's all going to work out. And, uh, by God's grace, it all it all came together. So, well, before I let you go, is there a little known <clears throat> fact that you haven't shared already that you can share now about you? You know what? A lot of people don't know, but I, I I'm a pretty badass ping pong player, table tennis to to the real players. Table tennis. I grew up with a table tennis table in in my house, and uh, uh, that's one of the games I played a lot, as well as pool. I love pool. Yeah. All right. You're a yeah. gamesman. I'm a gamesman. Yeah, I'm a gamesman. And uh, yeah, I, that, I'm sure there's, there's, there's a few other things too, but that's what just came to mind. Listen, I, that for today, <laughs> I'll take it for today. You'll take that? Oh, okay. I will take okay. it for today. Um, what a pleasure to get to talk to you. What, a, what an honor to get to watch your work and the integrity you. that you bring to everything you do. And thank oh, you, thank you for being on the podcast and congrats oh. on everything. What an amazing, what an amazing career with so much more to come. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and I appreciate this. This was so nice talking to you um, and have a great rest of your day.
You too. Bye. known fact. Now you can watch hours and hours of my interviews with your favorite artists as they talk about the art they love to make on YouTube. That's right. I have a YouTube channel. It's called Little Known Facts with Alana Levine. Catchy, right? Subscribe and enjoy. Little Known Fact. If you want to donate to the podcast, just go to littleknownfactspodcast.com forward slash donations. Thank you so much in advance for your generosity. Have a great day. This episode of Little Known Facts was edited by Nicholas Klar. We record in New York City. The Little Known Facts theme song was written and recorded and sung by Georgia Famusa with backup vocals by Caleb Famusa. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.